My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show. Hello, friends and family from around the country and literally around the world. This is another episode with your host, David J. Harris, Jr. And today, friends, we are going to get into it. The swamp, the dirty, mucky swamp that we know is the mainstream media. But we did not know up until this courageous young woman decided to out her own network. We didn't know exactly how swampy Fox News Corp actually was. Uh, We're going to get into it today with my guest, Ivory Hecker. First, really quick, I've got a new shirt. I think I love it. I, I, I'm getting a lot of uh, results walking through airports. <laughs> we need freedom from Fauciism. We need freedom from network TV too, but we need freedom from Fauciism. Get that or get my uh, uh, Don't Blame Me, I Voted for Trump uh, mug, hat, t-shirt in my store at davidharrisjr.store. All right, so before I bring uh, uh, Ivory on, I'm going to show you the clip that literally shattered the network, shattered social media uh, the correct the courage of this young woman to do this on live TV, friends, on live TV when they could not cut her off, probably didn't know it was happening before it was too late. This is how Ivory just made her splash exposing Fox News Corp. 26 reporter Ivory Hecker is live in Montgomery County. Thanks, guys. That's right. Before we get to that story, I want to let you, the viewers, know that Fox Corp has been muzzling me to keep certain information from you, the viewers. And from what I'm gathering, I am not the only reporter being subjected to this. I am going to be releasing some recordings about what goes on behind the scenes at Fox because it applies to you, the viewers. I found a nonprofit journalism group called Project Veritas. So I absolutely amazing on live tv are you kidding me here we have in person in studio uh, ivory hecker ivory man the courage that you mustered up to do that on live tv and out your own network literally hanging yourself out you didn't know what was going to happen thank god for uh james o'keefe at project veritas but just massive kudos to you sis thank you thank you so what what did it take? What were you feeling before we get into the, the weeds of what Fox News Corp has been trying to do, has been doing to us, the viewers, the people that watch, hoping that we're going to actually get honest uh, facts and details? What was it leading up to that day, leading up to that moment? Did you have second thoughts about actually doing that on live TV? I I didn't have many second thoughts. Uh, you know, someone suggested I do that. Uh to get the word out more because I really want people to see some of this information and wake up. And once I heard that, I was like, you know what, that makes a lot of sense for me to do that. That will really help get the word out about, about some of the clampdown on information. Um, so it, it, I just purposely chose to not think of any other option that this is just something I'm going to do. And I'm going to treat it like it is a news assignment that I must say this. And That's what I did. So again, so thankful that you did that. How long had you been a journalist and how long have you worked for Fox? Uh, is it 26 there in Houston? Yep. Fox 26 Houston, part of Fox Corp in New York. Uh, it's been about uh, it's been nine years almost that I've actually more than nine years. I think that I've been a full time TV reporter, corporate TV reporter. And then, um, yeah, it's been almost four years with Fox. Wow. So. Uh, we're going to get into some of the clips that you showed uh, and that you've been sharing uh, on your social media platforms. But it started off with the with the, what the network's directive was for you to actually go and interview 
a doctor and get that doctor's reaction response all to do with COVID. I mean, our, our country was ravaged by the, I think, the response uh, of COVID uh, over, uh, more, more so than the actual COVID itself. The response and trying to fight it and trying to get over it, it seems like that would be the main news and that'd be the main thing that we'd want to cover. And is that kind of what they did uh, sending you to interview that doctor? Break that down for us. Yeah, they actually sent me uh, to that hospital because the Army Department of Defense had sent their sent their uh, medical team to assist with COVID treatment at that hospital. And so I was covering that, uh, talking to the Army as well as the chief uh, medical uh, doctor there that was uh, heading up the COVID unit. We talked to both of them. Well, the Army said almost nothing. Army operates in secrecy, right? I wasn't surprised. They wouldn't tell me a thing. Um uh, the doctor was an open book. So we talked about a lot of interesting things, how he avoids uh, ventilators like the plague. And final question was, uh, are you using hydroxychloroquine? A lot of America was still buzzing about this after the mass censorship of Dr. Stella Emanuel two weeks prior yes. to that. And that's what got me in trouble was asking that question in his response because he was using it. So you literally just reported or you added, I think, just the soundbite or the clip of the doctor actually saying that he was using hydroxychloroquine. So you literally were just following the directives of your station to bring this news to the people and uh, you put it in. And what was the reaction response? My bosses called me, told me I'd failed as a reporter, that I must cease and desist posting about hydroxychloroquine. They put me on a basically permanent uh, uh, ban of COVID drug treatment coverage. I couldn't cover that topic (sighs) anymore. And then they wrote a defamatory letter of warning against me that they put into my file at Fox so that the executives would all think that I suck and that I I couldn't move up in the company. I got a defamation lawyer, got that letter removed. This, This is insane. It made no sense. So it wasn't just the the uh, higher ups at your own station, but it was potentially even the higher ups back in New York that were having a problem with you bringing this coverage to the people. Well, yes, in those some of the recordings I released, uh, you can hear my bosses mentioning that we've got to please the general general manager and that we've got to please the CEO of the company, which is Lachlan Murdoch. So, in you know, and when I really pr- pressed my boss Susan about this because it made no sense she and I actually had a fantastic relationship Mm. we naturally click we love each other and I was like where is this coming from Susan and she finally admitted to me my bosses are unhappy Ivory and then just a month or two ago a separate Fox executive Ralph Rendon who is in charge of promotions uh came to me separately and said, you don't, you have no idea what goes behind the scenes when Susan, your boss is in meetings with the executives in New York. Uh, when they, when they call you out, uh, say things about you, she defends you fiercely. She loves you. Um, mm-hmm. and I was, I was just like, wow. So what's happening apparently is, I don't know if it's all cases, but in some cases people way up are coming down at me and my boss is trying to prevent them from doing creepy things to journalism. But in the end, she has to take their orders. It's absolutely insane. I think I have one of those clips right here. Let's uh, let's check this clip out, which is some of the recordings uh, that you actually made of your your bosses and their response to you. Fox came at my throat for standing up against censorship. In my opinion, you failed as a reporter. From the inside, yes, there's a narrative. 
yes, it is unspoken, but if you accidentally step outside the narrative, if you don't sense what that narrative is and go with it, there will be grave consequences for you. It's not just about the viewers. It's about what our CEO reads. It's about what our GM reads. My question is very simple. Why are you doing this? It affects the viewers. That's why I'm doing this. The viewers are being deceived by a carefully crafted narrative in some stories. I have passed on Bitcoin stories. African-American audience of five, it's probably not gonna play. That's a choice I'm making, an editorial choice. I want out of this narrative news telling. I want out of, of this corruption. I wanna tell true stories without fear of whether it, it fits the corporate narrative. Absolutely unbelievable that they would uh, blast you like that. Literally, they're saying it's not about what the viewers want. It's about what our CEOs want. Well, we, the viewers, we want the facts. We want the truth. You know, it makes me think about how many Americans that uh, willingly just put their masks on are now willingly just getting the jab because of what they hear nonstop on mainstream network television and these news reporters that are all just fe- reading the lines that are fed to them. How, how infuriating was that for you to have to deal with that and not be able to actually share what you knew were facts? Uh, how hard was that for you? It was just dumbfounding and soul crushing. It's the opposite of what we are taught in journalism school. I went to one of the most elite journalism schools in America, Newhouse at Syracuse University, and they teach that your first loyalty is to the citizens and your first allegiance is to the truth. And so to see them do that, I was like, I don't work for a journalistic organization. I thought I did. And perhaps when I, they first hired me, I did. But Fox has been really shifting. Yeah. Yeah, they've been shifting. I think a lot of people noticed that, especially around the election, um, which I want to get into that, too. So we know that they were basically suppressing anything that went against the mainstream media or Fauci's narrative uh, that had to do with the handling of uh, covid. What other what other issues and topics? Were there a lot of uh, issues and was there a certain narrative that you sensed? throughout 2020 that they were trying to drive to their audience that had to do with the election? With the election, yeah. A lot of uh, strange things happened with the elections because, again, I'm the reporter on the ground uh, with with direct contact to the regular citizens as well as as other sources sending me information. Uh, People know I'm the one that that they can reach out to, get their story across to, and then I can get it on the air. So people are sending me tips, and I'm getting these election-related tips uh, that are, are solid things to look into. Uh, and my bosses had no interest. Uh, for instance, I was tipped off about uh, early vote count. Um, for the first time, the Secretary of State's Office of Texas was putting the raw spreadsheets of early voter data on their website so we can look through it and um, make sure everything is is going well. And I found uh, many people with no voter ID. And when you, you compare it with the voter registrar's office, which is also very transparent this year, this past year, we could uh, see that these people were apparently not registered to vote. So I'm seeing a slew of unregistered voters voting. And I 
present, I checked with the secretary of state's office, what's going on. And they're like, we don't know what's up with that. We're looking into it and we're forwarding it to the attorney general. And I'm pitching this to my bosses and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, they found every excuse not to cover that story. I pitched it so many times. Wow. Um, and then the, uh, voting machines, uh, the county had to vote on, on two different uh, machines. Uh, I received video uh, from someone at the county who was there when the uh, uh, one company was sh displaying their machine, hoping the county would vote for this machine. But they identified a perhaps fatal flaw in this machine that you could actually feed ballots through multiple times. One ballot could go through multiple times and count for multiple votes. And the <laughs> man presenting his company software admitted that was a fatal flaw. And we have this on, on camera and I present that to my bosses and they had no interest in covering that. The, the people were about to vote on these machines and it was like, are, do my bosses want to hide a fatal flow in voting software? And then, uh, so the vote happened and thankfully that machine was not approved. But the fact that my bosses didn't want to let people know about this so, they, so that perhaps the county would ensure they're making the right vote on, on the best most fortified software is alarming. We got that. We got that day that, you know, Trump's legal team came out uh, talking about Dominion voting. That was a big thing. Uh, they mentioned Texas. And I was like, okay, there's a local angle to this big national story that's happening. So uh, they had mentioned that Texas turned down Dominion voting software months prior. I looked into that. Sure enough, I had I obtained uh, copies of documents from the Secretary of State's Office of Texas, in which Secretary of State signed off in January of 2020, saying we do not want to touch Dominion voting in Texas, because our investigators from the Secretary of State's Office have identified uh, some flaws in this software that could lead to fraud. So. Back in January 2020, Texas didn't want to use the software. Uh, nope. That that is a fact, and my bosses did not want to touch that story. I believe I was I was that was the day I was assigned to a sidewalk chalk art story. I was uh, shocked. They gave you a sidewalk story. It's something that had nothing to do really with anything. Is what you're calling a sidewalk chalk story? Stuff. No, it was actually they said go cover the story where artists are doing uh, oh. art of on sidewalk on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> and go I was, cover this literally go cover this sidewalk being painted with chalk yes. and leave leave the fact that Texas uh, found and determined that Dominion machines could be uh, messed with, tampered with, or were not uh, uh, were not going to be integrous. Leave that out of it, and it's during an election year. Exactly. And so many viewers have questions about this. What's really going on? And my bosses were finding every way not for me to seek answers to this. They love assigning me to hard news stories. They know that I am an aggressive hard news reporter who's going to go find the answers. And I'm almost every day assigned to hard news. But on that day, they were scrambling to find a hard story. When I pitched one, they were like, we got to find any excuse not to get this on the air. So they've put the, that's the one day they put me on a fluff story that meant nothing. Wow. So uh, timeline, when was the first time you were slapped down because of uh, H hydroxychloroquine? Was that early last year? 2020? That was, uh, that was uh, actually August 14th, 2020. We'll never forget that day. That's the day I was called and told to cease and desist covering hydroxychloroquine. And when was it that they started messing with you on the election stuff? Well, uh, that was during early voting in October. 
Yeah. They're, they're, um, it's just, I was, they, I wouldn't say they were necessarily messing with me at that point. They, they weren't trying to, uh, do bad things to me. Like we saw with hydroxychloroquine, but they would just, they would just act like they didn't hear my pitch or just try to come up with some excuse not to air the story. So, so that's what was going on with the elections, just turn turning down pitches left and right. And that was, that was in October. There's, there's another time where we had some elderly Vietnamese voters who came to us, uh, came to me saying that they went to vote, you know, being immigrants, immigrant citizens, they were not as familiar with, um, writing actually, even Vietnamese there, they didn't know how to read and write. And so even though the voting machines had a translation to Vietnamese, they needed someone to help them vote. And so they, the, went with the vote workers. What they could read were the words Trump and Biden. And so these people went in to vote, um, several older Vietnamese, and they uh, they wanted they all wanted to vote for Trump, they told me. And they said that the vote, the, the election workers there uh, just ended up casting the ballot for Biden for them. And they felt very violated by that. And wow. uh so was they, that in Texas as well? Yeah, that was that was there in Houston. Yeah. So they wow. they didn't know what to do. So they called the news and uh, or they, they told someone who then told me and passed on their phone number to me. And I talked to them. And so we have we have this a handful of of elderly Vietnamese people very frustrated at this. And uh, I pitched pitched it to them, uh, to my bosses, and they resisted and, and resisted. And tried to assign me on another fluff story. And I said, really, I've got names, phone numbers and addresses of apparently voter voter fraud victims. And you don't want to make their voices heard and fortify the election process by uncovering potential fraud. And so they finally I I that was a day I really pushed back and called them out and they finally surrendered and let me cover the story. So that was a story that aired. So you did get to finally cover that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they probably I, learned, I really had to push sometimes for for certain stories. It, was, it shouldn't be that way. No, especially when it comes to our election, especially when it comes to an election in election year, one of the biggest probably we've had in our lifetime. Uh, and to find out there's there's fraud taking place and have proof of it uh, is just insane. Again, that's coming from Fox News, friends. If you're just now listening for uh, just now catching us, I'm speaking with Ivory Hecker, the courageous young woman that uh, took a bold stand on live TV to out her bosses and higher ups at News Corp for muzzling her. Ivory, I'm gonna I want to ask you. I've got a couple more clips to play of some of the uh, uh, the secret clips, if you will, the the clips of your bosses kind of trying to drive the narrative. And then uh, I want to ask you a little bit more about uh, not only the demographics of how. Fox would choose to not run stories based on the demographics of the time slots. Um, before I do that, I'm going to get a quick word in for our sponsor today. Friends, if you love the David J. Harris Jr. Show, if you want to show your support for me, I've got something for you to sh support yourself. My good friend, Mike Lindell, is taking a beating. 
He literally has been canceled by 25 big box stores. He's canceled everywhere. He's lost $65 million in revenue this year, but he's still standing up for truth. He's fighting for justice. He's fighting for election integrity, and his products are amazing. I've got his bath towels. I've got his bed sheets. I've got his slippers. He's got over 100 products over there at MyPillow.com, and he said he's keeping that code TRUMP2020 active because he still believes something's going to break loose and it's going to mean something. So get over to MyPillow.com, find yourself something nice for you or a family member or a friend, and use that code TRUMP2020 when you do. All right, Ivory, back to it. I'm going to play this other clip here because these clips, uh, this one you absolutely, you actually just released this morning. I'm not sure if it's been shown anywhere else. But no, just, uh, nobody's this, heard it until this morning. So this is literally hot off the presses this morning. Um, we'll we'll show the clip and then we'll get into it. My feeling is that you don't agree with it. I am. I have been completely transparent from the days before you hired me that I am against keeping information from people that they want to hear. So if matter. that's what we're talking it about, absolutely. Susan wants to portray that we do keep information from people that they're trying to hear. Is no, that what I'm hearing? They just don't care about the truth and they don't care about us, the viewers. That's what I pick up from hearing that from your bosses is they don't care about the truth. They don't care about you trying to deliver the truth. They just care about their CEOs. And then it's the question is, what do their CEOs really care about? What uh, what 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 do you take away from all of that? Uh, I don't care about your feelings. Do that on your personal time. Uh, just listen to your bosses in trying to relay the news to the public. Well, that is such a dangerous place for the American press to be in. That basically it tells me that I was working for a censored press. They don't believe in uh, free speech, and they're and they're actively shutting down certain topics and and banning me from. Uh, criticizing censorship. Censorship is a dangerous thing for any free society. You're taught that in journalism school. If you look yeah. at the history books, uh, nations that's where they censored the press, that's, that is when the tyrannical leaders took over and took away people's freedoms. We yes. need free speech. And journalism, actually, if you look at the definition of journalism, journalism can't exist uh, in an environment of censorship. Reporters yeah, because it's not journalism then. You're not actually reporting any of the facts or the truth. You're right. just delivering a narrative that they want the people to believe. Exactly. Reporters need the freedom to gather the the information on the ground without interference uh, and, and present it to the public. Our first loyalty is to the public and to provide uh, members of the public with the information they need to be free and self-governing. Self That's a quote from journalism school. Hmm. So what about these stories that uh, they they specifically don't want to air certain stories to certain demographics of people? Like if the demographic is maybe inner city, it's highly black. Uh, so maybe they're poorer uh, and they don't want to share certain stories. What kind of stories did they not want them hearing about uh, potentially about anything that could be a benefit in fighting COVID? What kind of stories were they not wanting to share oh, those demographics? Well, oh, are you talking about like the Bitcoin stuff? The lady said, it. yeah, we don't want Bitcoin during that. Bitcoin is kind of here nor there. But 
if they're choosing which kind of uh, stories that they want for certain demographics, I'm just sitting back going, okay, what are they not wanting the black community to hear about? Obviously, they don't want them to hear about, you know, hydroxychloroquine or anything that could be a saving grace. What other examples were they, you know, shifting, not wanting to show during certain demographics? Well, I mean, they they would just prioritize COVID and crime, basically. You know, it's hard to mm. it's hard to say they wouldn't talk a lot about what they specifically avoid putting on there. But yeah, my boss was clear. Bitcoin is not going to play well, she says, with that audience, um, which is is really stereotyping. And I think news media members do that so much. They just look at people in these racial groups or gender groups and assume things about them and put them into a heavy stereotype and then try to funnel news and information to them based on the stereotype. And a lot of times they're missing the mark and, and people are sick of being actually alienated from news that they actually care about. Absolutely. I, I know I'm sick and tired of it. I mean, I, I'll watch MSNBC and CNN sometimes just to see what they're talking about, because it's normally nonstop was actually still is trashing President Trump, uh, bashing, you know, con continuing to exacerbate race relations by showing everything that has to do with anything racial and racial violence. Uh, and then they prop up Fauci. They continue to prop up Fauci. Uh, what other what other issues did you have to deal with or what was the kind of uh, maybe unspoken thought uh, thought process behind Fauci? Um, you were still there. You just broke this like a week ago, right? Uh, less than a week. It was Monday that I did that live shot. <laughs> <laughs> that was Monday. This is Friday. So you yeah. were there when the emails from Fauci were exposed. What was the network's response to trying to run with or show any of the information from Fauci's emails that contradicted what he was sharing to us, the, the people went on all these networks having to do with masks to then find out in his own emails, he acknowledged that masks don't really do anything. Well, the bosses did not speak of that. It actually, nobody brought up Fauci in any of our meetings. Uh, so wow. that's 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 Fox 26 Houston local. So since Fauci was a national story, sometimes they're like, oh, we'll let the national people handle that. But oftentimes when if it's a big enough national story, we do a local angle on it. But for some reason, that just like wasn't wasn't brought up at all, as far as I recall. And, and you think with even though it's a national story, it filters all the way down at the local level oh, because yeah, all of us here in our cities are following Fauci's orders. There's so many local angles to that, right? Like COVID. Yeah. COVID was a nat national story that we were covering every day painstakingly on the ground, right? So you would think. But yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's just it's like it's just such a slant. There's such a slant to this news. The viewers I want to get your reaction to this. Um this is Fauci talk. Now that we know that they, they're curating the news, they're literally censoring the people that are supposed to be delivering the news to us. They're silencing anybody that goes against the narrative. Uh, the mainstream media narrative leads to it, it all seems to be leading to everybody getting the jab. That's what they want. Everybody from Biden through the mainstream media. Everybody wants to get needs to get the jab in order for us to get back to some sense of normal. Uh, that's what they want us to hear. And then we hear Fauci saying this. 
So Pfizer has been approved for 12 plus, right? Right. And Moderna right after them, too. Okay. Right. And yeah. when do you think the, the youngest of us? It's going to be what we call age de-escalation. We're going to start with the 12 to the 9, then the mm. 9 to the 6, and the 6 to the 2. We anticipate by the time we get towards the end of this calendar year, we'll be able to vaccinate children of any age. So we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> what is your response to that? Well, I just know from from viewers reaction, because I'm in close touch with viewers, what reporter isn't right now? Now, what public figure isn't you? You have direct connection to your followers on social media and looking at the the Fox 26 followers and my own followers. They are very leery of this vaccine. Uh, Many of them are, um, especially for children. Um, even yeah. adult adults who've gotten it for themselves, they still have questions about for for the kids and the 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 initiation of the trial for the children came long after the trial had begun for adults. So uh, I remember it was announced on the news um, in the springtime in Houston that uh, children would start to be recruited in Houston uh, for trial of the vaccines if anyone wanted to submit their kids uh, into this trial. They had to figure out three different dose sizes for the vaccines. So some kids would get a heavier dose and some would get a smaller dose. And the way that it was presented on Fox 26 Houston was basically like, you, you know, your child could be the next one to be able to get this vaccine. Basically, this is exciting. Are you, are you lining up to get it? And I was like, that, that was how they, it was coming across from the anchor. And I was just immediately, Oh my gosh, you guys are so out of touch with so much of your audience. Like, well, while everyone wants to be safe and healthy, a lot of people have so many questions. And when you pitch it like that, you're just, you alienate so many of your viewers who are like, hold on, wait, are you trying to fog up the fact that my child could get a big or small dose and that could be a good or a bad thing for my child? This is, right. this is a trial. So it's, uh, it is, uh, I'm like, gosh, the news is just committing suicide sometimes. It is. As you're, as you're talking, I'm just thinking, I'm always looking for a silver lining. I'm always looking for a silver lining in things. And you breaking this and being courageous enough and willing to come out and put yourself on the line to do that. I, I hope two things happen. I hope that other reporters, other people in, in news across the country will say, you know what, if she can do it, I can do it too. And they will just get fed up with the narrative and, and basically just force feeding and lying to the people doing the bidding of the, uh, of the networks to lie to the people and they'll come forward. And I hope and I think that I hope the second thing that happens is that we, the people, the viewers actually demand uh, truth or we shut off the networks. It's like we have the power. If we shut off the network and we stop watching it, then they're going to figure out something's wrong uh, and they'll be forced to make a change. So that's the silver lining that I hope take pla- takes place. Uh, I know with uh, you leading the charge, I already dropped that drop the hammer uh, on on the network. I, I, I was hoping that you'd be on Tucker, but I don't think that's going to happen. What do you think? I don't think it's going to happen. I think <laughs> Fox is going to do everything in their power to keep me off of Tucker and off of any Fox show. Uh, because, I mean, well, it look, it makes Fox look bad. Um, yeah. And it, it makes most corporate media, uh, it makes people question corporate media. So that's why you're not really seeing corporate media have me on. Although, uh, 
uh, Newsmax did have me on and OAN's about to have me on. So, but uh, the rest of the corporate media is kind of like, oh, yikes. Um, Yeah, I hope it does create a movement. Uh, I want to call it maybe Prexit, like press exit um, (laughs) or or just turn it off, turn off your TV. And a lot of people are just turning off their TVs on their own. I know at Fox 26 Houston, the ratings uh, in spring of this year compared to spring of last year, we're down 30 to 40%. A lot of people just turning off their TVs. They're they're sick of the narrative news news telling that has been ratcheted up over the past year. It's just been more glaring than ever, I feel. So yeah, it's better on the outside. I've been received so well by, by Americans. They're, they, they want someone to just admit that this is happening in the news because they see it. The viewers can tell that yeah. this strange stuff is happening with, with news telling and they want media members to be honest about it and con- come out of it. I, uh, I, I would rather just be an independent journalist. And uh, I think this is the era, era of independent journalism. We are going to have more people coming out. I have talked to several journalists. I've actually talked to several who who already just quit like early this year. They were so fed up. They they just got out of it, but they didn't they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything to tell the public why they got out of it. I felt that I should. I I felt this applies to the viewers. The reason I'm getting out is because the viewers in many cases are being misinformed, having certain information hidden, hidden from them. And I think the viewers have the right to know. So I was like, I've got to, it's my duty to get this off my chest and off my conscience to tell the viewers this is happening. I will peace out of this corporate news career. And I'll know that at least I've done what I can to tell the viewers and, and be done with it. Well, I think piecing out of the news, the the corporate news career is uh, it's it's probably already done. But I think it's a great it's a great flip side is now you've got uh, your own presence. You can build your own presence on social media, on your own platform, website, and then begin to, uh, you know, open up the, the doors for people that are in media or have been in corporate media to interview them and get their stories out. And, and yes. hopefully that'll wake a lot of people up. Cause unfortunately, Ivory, unfortunately so many people out there still just believe the mainstream media narrative. They just believe the CNN, Kool-Aid, MSNBC, even Fox. There's people out there that uh, just, they're, they're willing to watch and listen, hoping, hoping that they're actually getting enough truth, not realizing that the truth they're not getting is more detrimental so uh, I, I, again, massive kudos to you, uh, praying for you. How have you been during this last week? Has it been just an absolute whirlwind for you? It has. It has been a crazy whirlwind. My phone has never lit up like, like it has. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like I didn't have room to breathe. And actually, I, I've, I've slept less this week than I ever have, probably. <laughs> but it's been uh for the vast majority part, good. It's been so good, you know, getting, getting out and just having an overwhelming amount of support, uh, for me. And, and I, all I want to do is support free press and encourage others to join the free press because apparently the corporate media is not the free press anymore. Um, you know, they are in some, on some beats, you know, like most, most crime beats, they pretty much let you be a straight shooter, but, uh, some some categories of news are not free and it's very tragic and i've talked to several journalists who just just since monday when i did what i did other journalists are reaching out to me 
and and mm. saying, hey, you're not alone. I feel this way too. And I know I'm not alone. There's a lot of upset people. There's there's some people who ha- haven't had their awakening yet because I didn't I didn't either. I spent years saying, look, I've never I've never been censored. But it so maybe some reporters just have to have that moment where they come across a story that they know their viewers are hungry for, that they know uh, it, it's newsworthy. They have a duty to get that out to the viewers and the bosses shut them down. That's when you have the awakening moment like, oh, my gosh, I am being controlled. I'm not I'm not fully free. So not everyone has had that moment yet. And so some journalists um, think that think think, think I'm crazy. They think I'm crazy. They don't get it. But a lot of people have been reaching out to me saying, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Well, and I think not only possibly have people not had their moment, but it's also a huge risk. I mean, like you said, you've been in with that company, you've been with Fox for almost 10 years, uh, solid paycheck, I'm sure, you know, solid foundation with a company potential to move up. And uh, you're literally, you literally set it on fire Right. You put it all in a little little pile and doused it with gasoline and flick the match and turn the other way. And doors have just opened for you. So I think a lot of people are they're not willing to do that. They're not willing to jeopardize, you know, their livelihood, seeming seemingly their livelihood. You have. And I'm just believing and praying that people are not only going to support you, but that other doors are going to open for you to where you'll be financially taken care of. But for my viewers that do want to support you, and I encourage everybody to, I believe you have a link. Is it givesendgo.com? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was uh, my mom started that fundraiser, givesendgo.com slash support ivory, I think it is. Yep. Give give sendgo.com forward slash support ivory. So is that also kind of an alternative to GoFundMe? Give sendgo.com? I guess so. Yeah. Project Veritas said that several times there's been uh, causes that GoFundMe disagreed with and they deleted oh, yeah. the fundraiser. So yep. they preferred to go for Give Send Go. All right. Give sendgo.com forward slash support ivory. Well, sis, I'm proud of you. I'm so thankful that you were courageous enough to take the stand that you've done. And I hope that this uh, and your message and your actions spreads like wildfire for other reporters and journalists out there that also know that they've been stifled. We need to have a free, honest and fair press in this country. And we, the people demand it. We deserve it because if we don't, well, we're, then we're going away the way of communism, and that's not that's not good for anybody. We don't want to go there. Final thoughts? Anything? Anything you'd like to say to my audience today? Well, I hope that other corporate journalists see the support I'm getting, and and take that leap. I've talked to some of them who are on the inside, not ready to speak out yet, or even who left but aren't ready to go public about why they left. But they confided mm-hmm. in me why they left. But there's a lot of journalists who are being prevented from doing journalism in corporate news. So it is an issue. Uh, Nowadays, this is the era of citizen journalism. Every single citizen has the ability to put out a a real news story if they gather the facts on it. So um, we've still got the First Amendment. There's hope. Look, I'm not in jail for what I did. So there's hope. (laughs) Yeah. In a communist society, you you would be. They'd throw you right in jail. (laughs) Right. That's that's coming if we don't wake up. Well, Ivory, thank you so, so much for joining me today. Truly proud of you. Honored that you uh, uh, took the stand that you did because you're taking it for us. 
the American people. It reminds me of what President Donald Trump said. They're not coming after me. They're coming after you. And that's exactly what you stood up for. They've been coming after us, the people, and using uh, you and, and reporters like you to just stifle certain certain messages and we just were tired. So again, thank you so much for being bold and courageous and standing up. Uh, and I just pray God would continue to open more doors for you, give you clarity on decisions that you need to make uh, that are gonna be even a better foundation for you to spread your message and to be who he's called you to be to us in this generation. I, I really believe that for you. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you, sis. Uh, we'll talk to you guys. We'll talk to you again soon. We'd love to have you on in the future yeah. and just uh, track where you're where you're going and your progress. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, friends. We need to get this message out. Ivory, the bold and courageous actions that she took that needs to take place all across the country. Let's spread this podcast, this episode like wildfire and hope and pray and believe that others just uh, they feel that courage rise up inside of them and they get up and they oust their own networks. We need people doing that at every single mainstream media news outlet so that we, the people, know that we actually are getting real, authentic, true news that we value. That's what we need. So God bless you guys today. Don't forget to get over to MyPillow.com, find yourself something nice, and use that code TRUMP2020 when you do. God bless. Have a great weekend and have a happy Father's Day to all you amazing fathers out there. Bye-bye. My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show.